Final session, Pastor Floyd will talk about the barriers to prayer. You will hear him challenge you to tear down some walls in your life so your prayers can go up, to evaluate all the relationships in your life, to investigate the depths of your heart, and to clean the junk out of your life. So let's join Pastor Floyd as he challenges you to develop an intimate relationship with God as he addresses the barriers to prayer. There are some walls that must come down before your prayers go up. These walls are barriers to your prayers being answered. You see, our sinful choices, they create some walls between us and between God. And these walls keep our prayers from being answered. Now, what I want to do today in this session is I really want to challenge you to investigate your life thoroughly as you walk through this last session about how to pray with us. Now, there are three walls or barriers that are prominent in the lives of believers. I've been a pastor for many years, and I guarantee all these years I have watched numerous, numerous people deal with these walls in regard to their prayer lives. And quite honestly, there are times when I deal with each one of those walls still today. But you know what? These walls must come down before your prayers go up. And don't you want your prayers to go up? If you want your prayers to go up, the walls have got to come down. Let's bring them down today in the name of the Lord. The first wall or barrier of prayer is what we call strained relationships. The wall of strained relationships. The spiritual law that you cannot break in your life as a Christian is this. God will not answer your prayers if your relationships with other people are strained. That's a spiritual law. You can't get away from that law. It's just like the law of gravity. No matter how spiritual you are, you can climb on the top of your church. But I want to tell you, you will become a victim to the law of gravity if you decide to jump. I want to tell you, in your spiritual life, you will become a victim to that law if you do not deal with strained relationships in your life. Each Christian has the responsibility to be in a right relationship with other people. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 12, 18. I know you've heard it and read it. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Let me ask you, do you have a strained relationship with anyone in the general relationships of your life or even in your family relationships? Your prayers will not be answered until these relationships are made right. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, the Scripture is very clear to husbands and wives that their prayers will be hindered if they have a strained relationship with each other. What does that mean? That means that if the husband and the wife are not getting along with each other, that ever happened to you? Their prayers will be hindered. Let me give to you today a piercing, penetrating, and convicting principle. Listen to it. The way you treat your spouse will determine the way God treats your prayers. 
I want to tell you, that, that pierces me. That's, that's penetrating to me. What about you? The way you treat your spouse will be the way God treats your prayers. So the question is, how should you respond to a strained relationship? Here it is. Number one, remember this. The first move is always yours. You do as much as you can do to make sure you're right with other people. You say, well, I, I, it's not my fault. I, I didn't do it. I want to call you to the action of Jesus. He would call you that your move should be the first move. But there's a second thing we need to do, a second action we need to take, and that is be a bridge and not a barrier. You go the extra mile with people. Go the extra mile with people. You do your best to be a bridge toward relationships and never let your life, your actions, your habits, your negative features in your life, which all of us have, never let that become a barrier in a relationship with someone else. Now listen carefully. The wall of strained relationships must come down before your prayers go up. There's another barrier to prayer, and that is the wall of improper motives. The wall of improper motives. You can hide your motives from a jury of men, but you cannot hide your motives from an all-knowing God. So how can you check your motives in prayer? I thought about that. That's really tough. But let me encourage you to ask yourself these three questions. In fact, these three questions are so pivotal, you ought to even write them possibly in the back of your Bible when we're finished with this session today. The first question is, why am I asking God for this? Whenever you go before the Lord and you're praying about some matters in your life, ask yourself, check out your motive. Now, why am I asking God for this? You see, the heart of the issue in prayer is not what you are asking God for as much as it is why you are asking God for whatever it is you're asking Him for. Here's a second question. Am I willing to lay aside my will so that God's will can be done? Now, that's a tall order, isn't it, folks? Am I willing to lay aside my will in order for God's will to be done? Listen, <laughs> it's confession time. My life would be in one big mess if my will dictated to God the way he was to answer my prayers every day. I would be in big trouble. What about you? There's a third question we need to ask. Is my main concern that I want God to get the glory for it? Wow, that's convicting, isn't it? Here you are, you've finished praying, and you ask God that question. Now, is my, ask yourself that question. Is my main concern that God get the glory from what I'm asking Him about? That's different than you benefiting. Are you getting glory? It's God getting glory. You see, our prayer needs to be like this. Lord... If it will bring you glory to do what I have asked you, then I pray that you will do it. And if the prayer request does not bring you glory, then, Lord, disregard it. 
Are you willing to go that far with God? Now follow me. The wall of improper motives must come down before your prayers go up. Now there's another barrier to prayer, and it is the wall of an unrepentant heart. The wall of an unrepentant heart. Now, this word repentance is sadly missing from the American pulpit, so why don't we talk about it for a moment? What does it mean? Repentance involves abandoning sin in your heart when you pray. I mean, you are running from it. You are leaving sin in order that you might be able to connect with God. That leads me to talk about something very special to me, and it's what I call the connection principle. Now, what is the connection principle when we talk about prayer? It's this, that all prayer to be acceptable to God must be with, connected with a purpose to forsake all sin. If my prayer is really going to connect with God, then I have got to turn from my sin. You see, repentance is forsaking all sin, including the secret sins, for the purpose of connecting with God and communicating with Him. Did any of you ever have a problem with repentance from sin? Oh, without question, we all struggle with that. Well, let's talk about some symptoms of what we call an unrepentant heart. Those times when we're not willing to forsake our sin. What are some symptoms? Well, symptom number one is we just keep on sinning. In other words, you just continue to give in to your sinful nature and your sinful choices. Are you there? There's another symptom. And that symptom is you ignore God's convicting spirit about the sin. It's when you ignore God's convicting spirit about the sin. Certainly there have been those times in your life when you know you have done wrong, and, and when you go to God and you pray, you sense His spirit convicting you. But you know what? You just ignore it, and, and you just forget about it. And if we're not careful, every time we ignore the spirit of God when He tells us we have sin in our life, our sin, our heart becomes hard, and then we become to the point where we're just like our sin, and we become accustomed to our sin. God help us. There's another symptom, and that is it will turn into a hard heart. Your, your, your heart will turn into a hard heart. You see, you enter a dangerous zone in your spiritual life when you let your heart become unrepentant. So don't let your heart become unrepentant. There's another symptom, and this symptom I have witnessed for a long time as a Christian leader. When you are more interested in learning how to manage sin more effectively than learning how to overcome sin victoriously. You know what one of our challenges is in life? Many of us might have the goal, my sin's okay as long as I don't get caught. When our goal becomes that our desire is to manage our sin more effectively than it is to overcome our sin victoriously, that shows us that we have an unrepentant heart. So it's time to clean the junk out of your heart. I mean, if you're going to be able to do some serious prayer, you've got to get the junk out of your life. And how do you do that? 
Well, let me ask you, would you take some time today and make sure the sinful junk like strained relationships, improper motives, and an unrepentant heart are out of your life? Will you take that time? In your workbook, you'll see it. It's right after this section is concluded. There is a special inventory of the heart that we challenge you to pray through periodically in your life. And let me share this with you. If you don't take the time to do that, stuff will get in you, and before you know it, you won't even know it's there. And you will attempt to talk to a holy God with a dirty heart, and you can't do it. God doesn't work that way. So listen carefully. Do not keep it, your heart, off limits from the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, as we take the time in this session to let you do an inventory on each one of our hearts. May the Holy Spirit bring about a mighty spiritual conviction of sin in our lives where we will let you remove the areas that need to be removed as we evaluate ourselves before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're looking for more insight on prayer, then you're invited to join Pastor Floyd in his new book, also entitled, How to Pray. Pastor Jim Simbola of the Brooklyn Tabernacle says, How to Pray is not a book on prayer techniques, but a cry from Floyd's heart for the whole body of Christ to hear. Promise Keepers founder Bill McCartney adds, How to Pray is a powerful, comprehensive resource for any man or woman who wants to have a deeper, more effective prayer life. So pick up your copy of How to Pray at your local Christian bookstore, along with other resources by Ronnie Floyd, and join Pastor Floyd for Prayer 101.